The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. We're in the midst, or I'm in the midst of teaching a series titled Exploring the Power of Intention. And I've been taking my time teaching this book because I like it so much and I want to make sure that you all get all that you can get from it. So basically, the gist of the book is how to get in alignment with the universal flow of God, how to get in alignment with the grace of God, how to be a vibrational match for what it is you say you desire, how to develop your consciousness to the space to where you know and can demonstrate a higher level of your oneness with God. Therefore, today I'm on chapter 11, which is, it is my intention to live a stress-free, tranquil life. And I hope that the people who are following along with this series actually bought the book, The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, because it does make a difference. I'm hitting the highlight. But if you want to do a deep dive into the book, I suggest you get it or buy the audio book and listen to it on Audible or iBooks or something like that. Allow yourself the opportunity to just digest it. I like reading books because I can stop, I can highlight them, I can write notes in the margin. I'm a book person. So, you know, whether you have a physical book or a digital ebook or a, you know, an audio version of the book, get the book. All right. So, It is my intention to live a stress-free, tranquil life, starting on page 187. She starts off with, anxiety is the mark of spiritual insecurity by Thomas Merton. And then he quotes Yogananda, who wrote, so as long as we believe in our heart of hearts that our capacity is limited and as we grow anxious and unhappy, we are lacking in faith. One who truly trusts in God has no right to be anxious about anything. I just highlighted that part because it's important that we understand that spiritual teachers always go to the ideal and say, this is how you work up to it. That doesn't mean that's where we are. You can have a a developed faith to a certain extent, but that maybe might not allow you to release the anxiety. But as you develop in faith and understanding, as you allow perfect love to guide your mind and heart, you will discover that you will become less anxious and less fearful about your life and about life in general. So he went on to write, fulfilling this intention to live a stress-free and tranquil life is a way of manifesting your grandest destiny. It seems to me that what our source had in mind when we were intended here for us is to have a happy and joyous experience of life on earth. Now, you've heard me say many times on this podcast that the first statement of faith for the Universal Foundation for Better Living is we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. We believe that wholeheartedly. We believe it's God's will, God's intention. But I often don't read the next few. So let me just read these for you really fast. And you can find these on the Christ Universal Temple Facebook page, which is not Facebook, excuse me, website, which is 
www.cutemple.org or the UFBL website, ufbl.org, uh, if you want to drill down on these. But the second, what we believe statement is, we believe that such a life is within the reach of each one of us. And the way to its attainment begins with the realization that the kingdom of God is within us, waiting for us to bring it into expression. So in other words, this healthy, happy, and prosperous life is within the reach of all of us, but the way to its attainment, all right, begins. It didn't say that's the end, that's all you have to do, but it begins with the realization. What realization? The realization is thinking and feeling coming together, the knowing. That the kingdom of God, God's infinite potential, God's unlimited possibility, this high state of spiritual awareness is within us. But here's the key. Waiting for us to bring it into expression. Then we say in our UFBL, Universal Foundation for Better Living, Statements of Faith, we believe that we can bring this kingdom forth. By practicing the universal spiritual principles handed down through the ages and taught by our way short, Jesus Christ. Again, I'm still in power of intention, but I want you to see how these things line up. So we believe and believe or belief means to accept as true. So we're saying we accept as true. That we can bring this kingdom, this infinite potential forth by practicing, not talking about. Not just pondering, but by practicing the universal spiritual principles handed down through the age and taught by our wayshore, Jesus Christ. Now, why the word wayshore? Because wayshore just means someone who, who shows you how a thing is done, sets the path. So in many ways, Jesus is a wayshore and a way maker. In other words, not I'm only going to tell you about how to blaze the trail, I will blaze it myself first. Then we say, we believe with Jesus, this is how one of the ways in which you make it happen. We believe with Jesus that our experiences are the reflection of our beliefs and therefore the key to happy and successful living is right thinking followed by right action. So we're saying that we believe that Jesus also taught this. We believe with Jesus. That's key. We believe with Jesus, that our experiences, what shows up out here, that's a fact, are the reflections of our beliefs. The beliefs are caused, and therefore, the key that which gives us access to happy and successful living, which we talked about at the beginning, is right thinking followed by right action. Mm. What's right thinking? What's right action? Right thinking and right action are the thoughts and actions we have that are consistent with what is true about God and what is true about you, what's true about you spiritually, what is in alignment with the spiritual principle that we call God. That's right. If it's out of alignment with the principle, if it's out of alignment with the truth of your being, if it's out of alignment with the truth of God, then we call that error. Now, 
I'm not about to do a, a long drill down on principle and all of that stuff right now. Um, if you go back to my podcast through the years, I've done more than enough of these conversations. But if you want to drill down, go to my Lessons in Truth uh, series from many years ago. I believe the second episode I did on God and man or God and humanity. If you go to the one I did on Christian healing by, uh, by Charles Fillmore, the book Christian Healing, I had a complete chapter on just talking about our understanding of these different terms of God. And I've done it sporadically between different things. But if you want to just drill down on them, those are two definite episodes. And I also did a drill down on it in either chapter two or three, episode two or three of the book Discover the Power Within You many years ago. So now you have some homework. All right, back to the book. So it goes on to say again, next paragraph, when you were created from a source that is peaceful and joyful, when you are in that state of exuberant joy, you are at peace with everything. Why? You were created for it. You were created out of it. All right. He goes on to say, next page, in a state of joy, you feel fulfilled and inspired in all facets of life. That's important. In other words, you weren't created to suffer. And suffering many times is the meaning we give things. What does that mean to you? Next paragraph, there's nothing natural about living a life filled with stress and anxiety, having feelings of despair and depression and needing pills to tranquilize yourself. Agitated thoughts that produce high blood pressure, a nervous stomach, persistent feelings of discomfort, and an inability to relax or sleep, and frequent displays of displeasure and outrage are violating your natural state. I love that. He's saying agitated states, agitated thoughts, agitated feelings, agitated beliefs, agitated points of view, are producing these ill effects in our bodies that we have to now go take medicine to try to regulate and maintain without addressing the core and primary issue, the way we think and feel, what we believe, what we accept is true. I hope this is landing for you. Next paragraph, uh, excuse me, skip down on page 188 to stress is a desire of the ego. He wrote, that pesky ego is at work when you are experiencing stress or anxiety. Perhaps your ego self feels more effective dealing and coping with stress because you feel you're actually doing something in the world. Perhaps it's a habit, custom, or believing that this is the right way to be. Only you can analyze the why. But the fact is that stress is familiar and tranquility is unfamiliar. So the Ego desires stress. Mm. Ego is a, this sense of separation, this duality, I, you know, this connection to only the outer aspects of the world will create anxiety and stress in your life if you allow it. Just being in the mental environment, in New Thought, we call that term the race consciousness. That race from the standpoint of ethnic background, but race as human race. Human race consciousness. In other words, <clears throat> there's a collective consciousness that all people uh, contribute to. 
those who are here now and those who have been on the planet before create a collective consciousness. It's like a house and a home with different family members can have a collective consciousness. You can walk into a house and say, man, you can cut the tension with a knife. There's no such thing as tension that you can should be able to feel energetically, but you know you feel it. It's not a physical thing. How come you can be walk into a house with only one of the family members, but you can feel the tension that's generated by all the family members? And you can walk into spaces where it feels light and loving and supportive, and you just energetically feel it. Now, if that can be done in the home, it can be done on a planet. And I just want you to be present to that. It can be done on a planet. So be careful that your, your ego is not aligning vibrationally with the thoughts that are part of the race consciousness that will have you out of alignment with your good. The next paragraph. <clears throat> but there's no actual stress or anxiety in the world. It's your thoughts that create these false beliefs. You can't package stress, touch it, or see it. There are only people engaged in stressful thinking. There are only people engaged in stressful thinking. There is no stress. There are only stressful people engaged in stressful thinking. As A Course of Miracles would say, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Pull out at the land. I'm never upset for the reason I think. Never upset for the reason I think. Pull out at the land. Never upset for the reason I think. No matter how mad I am about a particular thing, I'm never upset for the reason I think. Back to the book. They are only, or so when we think stressfully, we create reactions in the body. Valuable messages or signals requesting our attention. These messages might reveal themselves as nausea, elevated blood pressure, stomach tension, indigestion, ulcer, headaches, increased heart rate, difficulty breathing and a zillion other feelings from minor discomfort to serious life-threatening illness. So what this stress that isn't real, because there is no product called stress, stress is a self-generated experience based upon the meaning we give something, can literally kill us and minimally make us sick. All right. He goes on, right? We speak of stress as if it was present in the world as something that attacks us. We say things like, I'm having an anxiety attack, as if anxiety is a combatant. But the stress in your body is rarely the result of external forces or entities attacking you. It is the result of the weakened connecting link to intention caused by your belief that the ego is who you are. Then mm. he gives an example of some stress-inducing thoughts that originate from your ego. It is more important to be right than happy. That's an ego statement. Winning is the only thing. When you lose, you should be stressed. 
Your reputation is more important than your relationship with your source. Success is measured in dollars and accumulation rather than in feeling happy and content. Being superior to others is more important than being kind to others. Those are ego statements. This not, I'm not saying it's not good to accumulate good, <clears throat> make a lot of money, have a lot of stuff. But all of that stuff is secondary. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew 6.33. We have to get our heads in alignment, our minds in alignment, our thoughts in alignment with our truth. And then these things are added. All right. And he gives a great story about a person telling a person, don't be on so God dang, I'll say it that way seriously. You should read the story on page 189 and 190, all right, about the rule number six, which says on page 190, you aren't your work, your accomplishments, your possessions, your home, your family, your anything. You are an aspect of the power of intention, dressed in a physical human body intended to experience and enjoy life on earth. Ah. And then he adds, and I think this is beautiful, under bringing intention to the presence of stress. I offer them to, to you to remind you that stress and anxiety are choices that we make to process events rather than entities that are out there waiting to invade our lives. Again, stress is self-generated, a self-generated experience based upon the meaning you give something. All right. And then he gives a excellent examples of different ways in which he and his daughter had to live out this power of intention. All right. You can read those on your own. On page 192, he writes, fulfill the intention of this chapter to live a stress-free and tranquil life. You must become conscious of the need to activate thought responses that will match your intention. It's key. That will match your intention. So he says, for instance, do I stay with the thoughts that produce stress within me or do I work to activate thoughts that make stress impossible? All right. So this is something I really want you to process and be mindful of. OK, let me see what time it is here. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we'll be right back with Truth Transform. Back to Truth Transforms. I'm still teaching out of the book, The Power of Attention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And this chapter it is my intention to live a stress-free, tranquil, tranquil life is pretty powerful. So on page 192 now, he writes five magic words. He calls it the five magic words. And what are the five magic words? I want to feel good. All right. 
And that's letting your mind know, I want, okay, I'm experiencing something I don't like. I want to feel good. And you transition it from, I want to feel, feel good, which you say out loud, feeling stressed, feeling mad, angry, anxious. I want to feel good. And you might have to say, I want to feel good. And you transition it to, I intend to feel good. I intend to feel good. All right. So he wrote, many events will transpire in which your conditioned response is to feel bad. Be aware of those outer incidents and say the five magic words. I want to feel good. In that precise moment, ask yourself if feeling bad is going to make the situation any better. So the answer is always no. You feeling bad is not going to make any outer experience better. All right. So you get to handle any outer experience as an empowered spiritual being or a person stuck in your emotion. All right. Okay. He went on to say, any stress signal is a way of alerting you to say the five magic words. I want to feel good. Stress wants your attention. So what do you do? You give it your attention by giving it your direction. You go from saying out loud, I want to feel good, to I intend to feel good. And you can even take it further. I feel good. You might have to go get that James Brown song. I feel good. I knew that I would. I feel nice. Sugar and spice. Now, you might laugh if you hear that. But you got to recognize that James Brown had millions of people around the world singing a song titled, I feel good, dancing to a song that said, I feel good. You know, it's power in that proclamation. I can remember as a little boy, my mother playing the song from James Brown. And the song might have came out before I was born. I think it came out before I was born. Uh, Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. And my mother would play this song a lot when I was a kid. And that was something that uh, connected me to community. But at the same time, it was an empowering proclamation of truth. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. In an era where in in the civil rights era coming out of those 60s until the early 70s and I'm this kid in the you know this kid born in the 70s hearing this song when I'm old enough to understand what it was and it had been out for a while by then but she's still playing it say it loud I'm black and I'm proud so while people black people were dealing with the civil rights uh situation of of uh racism's boot on the collective neck of black America, we had a singer saying, no, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Those type of things energetically can change and shift you. So when you go find this other song, I feel good. I know that I would. I feel nice. See, what you're doing is you energetically, it's, it's messing with you because you're singing, you're dancing, and it's a part of your being. Your cells, are, the cells of your body are hearing you. It makes a difference. That's why you can hear some songs that they make you sad. You know, as a minister, I officiate these, a lot of funerals and memorial services. 
And I try to explain to these families, we don't need to do these sad tearjerker songs. It's already tough enough for the person to deal with the transition of a loved one. And then we're going to pull out the, you know, the precious lords and all these songs that make people cry under normal circumstances, let alone when their loved one, their mother, their father, their spouse, their child makes their transition. All right, back to the book. He goes on to write, page 193. I assure you that your desire to feel good is a way of connecting the spirit. Mm. So feeling good helps you get in alignment with the truth of who you are. Then he says on page 194, you'll never get it all done. He wrote, therefore, you're, you know, it's how we stress ourselves out about getting everything done. He said, he said, therefore, your desires, goals, hopes, and dreams will never be finished ever. In other words, you will make your transition with things still in your bucket list. Uh, seek to accomplish all that you can. And when you need to relax and take a Sabbath day or a Sabbath week or whatever you need to do to slow down and recalibrate to make sure that you're functioning with the intention of a stress-free, tranquil life, you do so. He goes on to say, I urge you to simply accept the fact that you'll never get it all done and begin to live more fully in the moment that you have, which is now. Live as much as you can in the experience of appreciating now. What's on my plate now to do? What's for me to experience now? What is it for me to understand now? What is it for me to do now? We be present to the now. He talks about the path of least resistance. He wrote, your source, which we call the universal mind of attention, adores you beyond anything you can possibly imagine. When you adore yourself in, uh, excuse me, when you adore yourself in the same proportion, you're matched up with the field of intention and you opted for the path of no resistance. In other words, you're just like a gardener trying to water some flowers, but He's standing on the hose. You want to remove your foot so there's no resistance to the natural flow of the water. When your mind is in a state of relaxed tranquility, God's grace, God's power, God's wisdom, God's supply, God's divine life is health can magnificently and abundantly express into your life because there's nothing resisting it. He goes on to write, the shape and quantity of your thoughts determine the amount of resistance. Thoughts that generate bad feelings are resistant thoughts. All right. And he and again, he says, you know, that stress doesn't exist in the world and that there are only people thinking stressful thoughts. Stressful thoughts all by themselves are the resistance that you constructed that impedes your connection to the power of intention. We are in a world that advertises and promotes to be anxious. You have been taught that feeling good in a world where so much suffering is, exists is an immoral stand. It is not true. Nobody's going to get better by you feeling bad. But we, but society uses guilt and fear as tools to manipulate people. You can help somebody without feeling guilty. You can go and succeed and live your best life and still help somebody else get themselves where they want to be. But you don't have to feel guilty for having what you have or doing what you do, whether you earned it or a parent earned it. All right. 
I think every parent wants to create a life that that is more abundant and and easier for their children. Why should every generation climb Mount Everest all over again every time when somebody made it up there and potentially can create a way in which people can travel up the mountain without climbing it? But they'll have their own soul journey stuff to do. They shouldn't have to climb that mountain as well. All right. You know, somewhere in the Bible, I can't remember the scripture where it talks about uh, how a righteous man leaves leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Hmm. Makes you think. All right. Then he gives up some great conversations about alternative thoughts on page 196 and what you can say, the stressful thought and how you can flip it to a positive, for instance. Somebody might say, I feel uneasy about the state of the economy, which is the conversation right now. I've already lost so much money. The alternative is to say to yourself and to your own mind and to the universe, I live in an abundant universe. I choose to think about what I have and what, and I will be fine. Excuse me, let me start that over. I live in an abundant universe. I choose to think about what I have and I will be fine. The universe will provide. I'll just say it simpler. Every time those thoughts creep in your mind, just say to yourself, God is the source of my supply. God is the source of my supply. But the jobs this, the jobs report, the White House said this, the news said that God is the source of my supply. All right. And then he just gives other examples about jobs and families and all this other stuff. You can read that on your own. How it's negative, low vibration statement, and then flipping it to a high spiritual consciousness statement. Now, let's get to making your intention a reality. Page 197. Step one, remember that your natural state is joy. All right? You weren't created to just be stressful and anger and angry and frustrated, but your natural state is joy. Why? Because it's God's will that every individual on the face of this earth to live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. So you recognize that when you're in a state of joy, you're actually um, doing what you need to do to handle what you got to handle. I just want you to be present about that. All right. Step two, your thoughts, not the world, cause your stress. Mm. Why? Because there's no stress. There's just stressful people. There's just people having stressful thoughts. There's no stress. There's only people having stressful thoughts. All right. He goes on to write, your, these thoughts are like a program to resist being tranquil and stress-free, and they keep you from manifesting your desire. The more you focus on the stress, the less you have time to focus on what you got to focus on. Step three, you can change your thoughts of stress in any given moment and eliminate anxiety for the next few moments or even hours and days. You can change it. All right. He wrote, you cannot be connected to your source. And I'll say, I'm going to change this to consciously connected because I believe we can't be disconnected. We can only function like we're disconnected. You can, can't be consciously connected to your source and be stressed at the same time. This is mutually exclusive. All right. So you have to make a decision to choose to feel good. I intend to feel good. I choose to feel good. That's another way of saying it. Stressed, frustrated, angry. I choose to feel good. All this 
mental noise, emotional noise. I choose to feel good. I choose to feel good. And you might have to say it out loud 150 times in a row. Breathe. I choose to feel good. Every 10th statement, take a deep breath. I choose to feel good. And you're saying it over and over again. And like J Jacob said to God in the wilderness in the book of Genesis, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. All right, step four, monitor your stressful thoughts by checking on your emotional state right in the moment. Ask yourself the key question. Do I feel good right now? If the answer is no, then repeat the five magic words. I want to feel good. Then shift to I intend to feel good. And I would say I choose to feel good. So do I feel good right now? And the answer is no. Go right to the process. Go right to the practice. Step five, make a conscious choice to select a thought that will activate good feeling. So you ask yourself how you practice this is by asking yourself, does this new thought make me feel good? No. Well, how about this thought? Not really. Here's another. And you keep going through the thoughts until you, can, until you can select the thought that actually makes you feel good. And again, if worse comes to worse, go on your phone or your computer. But most of us have smartphones these days. Go to YouTube and pull up James Brown. I feel good. I knew that I would. Pull up Farrell because I feel happy. Because I feel happy. The name of the song is Happy. Or go to a song that makes, that brings you joy. That just, you know, you hear it and it just does something for you. It just shifts you to a different space. You know, I can remember hearing a song, and my mother made her transition in 2010. And I can remember with this song by Bruno Mars, uh, uh, Don't Believe Me, Just Watch. And every time I hear that song, I think of my mother because I, when I heard the song the very first time, I said to myself, my mother would love this song. And so that brings me joy knowing I'm hearing something that I know without a doubt my mother would love. So that song connects me something different. Or I'll hear a song of something that she played, like the James Brown when I was a child. And if I hear that song, it brings back those memories of dancing with my mom in the living room and playing around because it's some, it's are good memories connected to the song. I was joking with my daughter, uh, and, uh, about my, uh, Pandora, we were in the car and she's 23 and, uh, we were listening to Pandora and the song jam on it came on by the, this, uh, old group called nucleus from the early eighties. And it was it was my breakdance song when I in 1984 when breakdancing was all over the world. My uh, classmates and I decided that we were going to have a breakdance group and we were going to have breakdance battles at school, and uh, we had to convince our teacher to allow us if we did it and all the students in the, in the even though the ones that want to participate because this was all boys so the girls and the boys who did not participate if they wanted if if they all passed their test well did all the work no issues with homework or whatever we can use the last 30 40 minutes of class to break dance in the classroom 
I don't think that class ever had better grades because we were talking in everybody's ear because we would bring our boom box. For those who don't know, that's what we call very large radios that you could put your cassettes in. And we would play jam on it. So when I hear that song, I could, you know, even though I can't break dance anymore and probably would hurt myself trying, uh, my body starts to, you know, rock back and forth because my body's like, okay, when this song comes on, you break dance. It's a feel good connected to it. So if you're struggling, I'm saying this because if you're struggling generating joy, music might be a way to help you get there. Music might be a way to help you generate that feeling. Okay? That feeling. Uh, and everybody has different type of music. Everybody has different things that they like. But if the song lifts you up, if it makes you happy, if it makes you smile, you know, then, you know, then it's a good thing. It brings back good memories. Another song that my mother loved to play when I was a kid was, I don't even know who made the song, but the name of the song was, well, at least the chorus of the song was, Last Night a DJ Saved My Life. And I can remember that song because it was like, Last Night a DJ Saved My Life from a broken heart. And then the DJ comes in, there's not a problem and I can't fix because I can uh, do it in the mix. And it was because she loved that song so much. When I hear that song, I think of my mother. And that's a good memory. And that makes me feel good. Use all the tools available to you to feel good. All right. And I, I'm just a big believer that music is one of those things. All right. Number six. Um, stop, spend some time observing babies and vow to emulate their joy. So I just think being around babies is just great anyway. Because you can just get to see how they're not stressed. They're not, even when they cry and whatever, they cry to get their way and they keep it moving. But most of the time, they're just putting their toes in their feet in their mouths and, and playing with whatever and smiling and giggling and whatever. It's just because they haven't picked up this adult stuff. Number seven, keep rule number six in mind, which is don't take yourself so God, and I will say dang, serious in mind. Why? Because we take ourselves so seriously. We overthink so much stuff. We overanalyze. And what ends up happening is we don't give ourselves an opportunity to enjoy the moment because we're so busy anticipating what could go wrong in the future. Now, there's nothing wrong with anticipation. There's nothing wrong with planning. But eventually, you have to get back to the present. Step eight, accept the guidance of your source of intention. I believe that everybody has divine intuition within them. And the more we learn how to become still, the more we learn how to pray and contemplate plate and and give our attention inwardly and i'm gonna use the word listen even though it's not always listening but that's the best word i have listening to the to the guidance of spirit because that's how it comes to me is ideas imagery uh some inspired thought you have to be you have to pay attention to it and and this is really important for stress and uh, tranquil tranquil life just past sunday uh reverend wells our senior minister as Christ Universal Temple um, was preaching. And before he got up, I did the appointment with God, which is our meditation time. And I was guided 
not before I did it, when I got to the building to do a prayer for him in our meditation is normally a guided community prayer. So I, I did that part, did another part. And I said, I've been guided to uh, have the congregation stand up, extend their hands to Reverend Wells, have people do it over the TVs or the phones or tablets and computers. And I had ministers go stand by him. They touched, they touched him and we all prayed and I prayed for him to get a double portion of the anointing of God, like Elisha asked his mentor, Elijah. And we prayed about it and it was a wonderful spiritual experience. And then maybe what, seven, eight minutes later, when he got up after the song, after the choir song, he got up and he said that he had prayed that morning for a double portion of the anointing, like Elisha asked Elijah. And there was no way on God's green earth. I knew that. He didn't tell me. It had happened maybe 90 minutes before church started. And, and I'm getting the divine guidance to do it, not knowing that he is requesting it. But as you, but the scripture says, asking you shall receive. That's why you have to be in alignment with guidance. So it gave me a, a powerful sense of humility because I was obedient to what spirit gave me. You don't know that when you're in your state, your spiritual spirit, state or space, not only does it benefit you, but it also allows you to be guided on how you can help those who matter to you the most. All right. Step nine, practice being in silence and meditation, which I think speaks to itself. The more time you spend in, the more you get out of it. It's just like any other relationship. You got to get to know the person. And in this case, the person is the spiritual you, the Christ in you, the I am in you, the God in you, the true you. The more time you spend in prayer and meditation, the more powerful you get. Step 10, stay in a state of gratitude and awe. In the Bible, you'll see this statement over and over again. It says, fear the Lord or the fear of the Lord. But that word fear does not mean fear like we normally state it in English. A more accurate translation would, would be revere or to be in awe. In other words, like you're in awe of the greatness of God in creation. You have reverence for it. For the life of me, I don't understand why they translated fear. And when you look up the word, it, it says to be in awe or reverent, literally. It, it makes no sense to me at all. But I'm not a Bible translator. But what I can't, because I know how people do in English. You got to be afraid of God. No, it means to have reverence, to be in awe. Life is awesome. Creation is awesome. And it deserves our reverence. So with that, let me leave you with the last sentence he wrote in this chapter. You feel good, not because the world is right, but the world is right because you feel good. So next week, we're going to deal with chapter 12, which is, it is my intention to attract ideal people in divine relationships. I'm asking everybody who listens to this show, whether you listen to it on mindbodyspirit.fm or you listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, or some other app to go to the mindbodyspirit.fm website, find my page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell, save it, and just once a day, just click on it for a designated, maybe 21 days or whatever. I'm trying to get Truth Transforms up to number one in Google again, but when I was on Unity Online Radio, I occupied the whole first page. Everything was my stuff. But when I switched formats, 
all of the all of that Google information went away. Therefore, I want people to have an easy way of finding this show. And I think it's important that the work that I'm doing it gets to as many people as possible. So I'm asking everybody to just go on the website and click it over and over again. You might be listening to it on the mindbodyspirit.fm uh, app, and that's great too. But I still want you to listen to it the way you normally listen to it. But just go and just click on it on the website so it can start to rise on Google. I appreciate your love and support, and I hope to continue to give you more and more good material to help your spiritual growth on Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. God bless you all. Take care. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.